Welcome back, Crimeaholics. It's your host, Holly, and I am back with another Missing Monday episode for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. This case is a walking example of the harsh reality that some of these missing persons cases receive attention while other cases don't. Unfortunately, when this woman was reported missing, it happened to be the very same day that Sherry Papini was reported missing. And these two cases took place not far from each other at all. Now, if you're not following me on TikTok, you may have not seen me cover Sherry Papini. But in short, if you're not familiar with her case, Sherry Papini was reported missing in November of 2016. And then she turned up bruised and battered on Thanksgiving Day just three weeks later. And just last week, Sherry was arrested for faking her whole entire abduction. Now, I bring this up because the media went wild with her story, and it was plastered nationwide. There was so much done in effort to find Sherry, but what we learned was she was picked up and hiding out with an ex-boyfriend. Today's Missing Mondays case I only just learned about because of someone commenting her name on a TikTok video I made of Sherry Papini. So I felt that in my heart, this woman deserves all the attention that Sherry got. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. This Missing Mondays case is on the disappearance of Stacy Smart. Stacey Smart was a 52-year-old when she went missing in 2016 from Lewiston, California. Stacey is described by her sister Melissa Smart as someone who was loving, nurturing, and would take care of anyone. She was extremely fun, full of life, a free spirit, and she was the type of person to stop on the side of the road to pick wild flowers. Stacey always made time for her family, and though she didn't talk to her adult children every day on the phone, she would talk to them several Several times a week. Holidays, of course, were days that Stacy would gather with her family. Her daughter Nicole always celebrated Halloween with her mother, and in early October, Stacy stopped by Nicole's house, and the two of them made their yearly Halloween plans and chatted about normal life things. Nicole recalls to True Crime Daily that her mom was very happy and seemed like her normal, upbeat self. In the weeks leading up to Halloween, Nicole learned that her grandmother, which was Stacy's mother, couldn't get a hold of Stacy. But not only was Stacy not answering her phone, but the phone line itself had been disconnected. Stacy's mother expressed concern to her granddaughter about not being able to get in touch with Stacy. But Nicole assumed that she was just busy and that she would pop in over at her house sometime before Halloween, if not on the actual holiday. But when Halloween came and Stacy never showed up, her family knew something wasn't right. 
They decided to drive over to Stacy's home and check on her. When they got there, nobody was home, so they left a note saying that it was an emergency and that she needed to call them ASAP, but she never called. Her family was hopeful, though, because Stacy lived with her boyfriend named Tony Brand, and Tony Brand and Stacy had been dating for around six months. The couple felt that they had found their perfect match within each other, and it wasn't long before Stacy moved into his home. Stacy's sister Melissa says the two of them were very happy together and all seemed well, but things between Tony and Stacy hit a rough patch just a month before Stacy went missing. Stacy had called her mother very distraught and upset over the fact that she had just learned that Tony Brand had been cheating on her. Despite Tony's unfaithfulness, they went ahead and worked through their issues and remained a couple. When Stacy's kid stopped by the house and left the note, Tony was not there either, nor was anyone able to reach him. They began asking neighbors and anyone who had known Stacy if they had seen her, and at this point, nobody had seen Stacy since October 15th, which was two weeks earlier. On October 15th, some of the neighbors in Stacy and Tony's neighborhood had attended a birthday party near their home. After the birthday party, neighbors witnessed Tony and Stacy fighting. When Nicole heard this news, she immediately went and filed a missing persons report. The report was filed on November 2nd, 2016, which again was the same day that Sherry Papini faked her own kidnapping just an hour away. Stacy's family wasn't ready to stop at filing that missing persons report. They took it upon themselves to immediately hire a private investigator and began doing anything and everything they could to find her. It wasn't until a week after that missing persons report was filed that Stacy's family was finally able to get into touch with Stacy's boyfriend, Tony Brand. They arrived at the home that he shared with Stacy, and he finally was there. He was polite towards them and allowed them to come inside the home. They repeatedly asked him where Stacy was, and his reply every single time was, I don't know. They asked him how he could just wake up one morning and find that his live-in girlfriend wasn't there and just not know where she is. To which he simply replied, I don't know, she just left. Obviously, this didn't sit well with her family. How can you simply just not know? And if that is true, that she was just gone one morning, how could you not care enough to figure out where she went? This just did not add up for her family. Stacy not only was a mother, but she was a grandmother and had so many ties to the local community, she wouldn't just leave willy-nilly and not tell her loved ones. Stacy's sister, Melissa, took it upon herself to contact some people who she knew had daily contact with Stacy and Tony both. She learned from one of the individuals she spoke with that Tony had told them that Stacy moved out of the home two weeks prior. So she called another person and they stated that Tony had said Stacy had become violent and that he had to make her move. When Stacy's daughter Nicole and her husband confronted Tony about what they learned, his story changed. He claimed that Stacy had left behind several notes stating that she was nearby. 
He also said that she had been back to the house several times, but he had never actually seen her himself because he wasn't there when she stopped by. When Nicole asked to see those notes that her mother supposedly left behind, Tony claimed that he didn't know where he put them. When Stacy's family was at Tony's house, they had also asked if they could look around the home, and Tony willingly agreed to let them look around. They found that all of Stacy's belongings were still there. One thing that stuck out to Melissa was that in the master bedroom that Tony and Stacy shared, there had been a large oval spot cut out of the carpet and then patched up. Now, this obviously sent alarm bells ringing in their heads. A forensic team did, in fact, go into Tony Brand's home, and according to Joshua Ford, who is the investigator working the case, they learned that the carpet patchwork had been there for a significant amount of time, according to sources they interviewed who knew both Stacy and Tony. So for them, this wasn't a significant piece of information, and it didn't seem suspicious despite Stacy's family feeling otherwise. Of course, since Tony Brand was the last person known to have seen Stacy, he was brought in for questioning. While being questioned, he had stated that previously Stacy had left the home without telling him she was leaving or where she was going. He assumed their relationship was over, so he began seeing another woman. Stacy ended up coming back, and the two of them rekindled their relationship. So Tony had assumed that this time that once again Stacy had decided to leave without telling him why or where she was going. Once more, this story to Stacy's family was so unlike her. And it was sort of a slap in the face to her loved ones because they knew that she would never put them through this. She would have communicated with them even if it was that she simply just needed a break to get away. She would have told her family. But what brought more unease and fear into their minds was when they learned that the last time that Stacy's bank card had any kind of transactions on it was on October 16th, which was the day after that fight Tony and Stacy had reportedly been seen having by the neighbors. According to Stacy's son-in-law, at the beginning of the investigation, Tony was asked to take a lie detector test, and he declined taking a test, stating that if he needs to, for whatever reason, he will do so, but only with a lawyer present. Her son-in-law pressured Tony on social media, stating that he will raise the funds for a lawyer for Tony if he came to take the test. And Tony agreed to take the test and had set up a time and a date to take it. When that day rolled around, Tony was a no-show. According to investigator Joshua Ford, Tony did, however, communicate his reasonings to the investigators on why he didn't show up, but they were unwilling to comment on that conversation. Obviously, her family was very upset and put off by his refusal to take the test, and rightfully so, but it is Tony's constitutional right to decline, and he didn't have to take it if he didn't want to. However, there was an article published by Reading.com in March of 2017 that stated Tony Brand did in fact go take a polygraph test with his attorney, Doug Gardner, on March 2, 2017. His attorney stated that Tony was asked in many different ways whether he killed Stacy or had anything to do with her disappearance or death, which according to his attorney, his client was truthful and showed no signs of deception on the test. 
Tony said that he was unable to provide a copy of the test results due to computer issues, but he posted a picture of his results on Facebook, which his friend then verified that it was real. This did not appease Stacy's family, and they requested that Tony take a polygraph through the actual sheriff's office, but it seems like he never did so. Stacy's family decided to switch gears from pointing fingers at Tony and decided to really focus on actually finding Stacy in hopes that when she was found, some questions could be answered. They hired a private search team to come out and begin extensively searching the areas around the residence and expanding out. Their search heavily focused on Lewiston Lake and surrounding areas, which is in Trinity County, California, and is near the towns of Weaverville and Lewiston. This area was a major interest to them because of the fact that this was not far from where Stacy and Tony had lived. Dogs were brought into this area and they allowed people from the community to come out and help search, but everyone made note that one person wasn't present. Tony Brand. But Tony did, however, allow searchers to search his property, including cadaver dogs. To their surprise, both of the cadaver dogs independently hit at the back of the property where the property butts up to another person's land. The dogs hit on the back of an old shed that was on the other person's property, but there was no indicators that a body had been there. According to the dog handler, this could have just meant that at some point in time, someone could have cut their hand on or near that shed, and that this could possibly have nothing to do with Stacy's case at all. Searchers asked permission from the other property owners if they could go on their land and search, as well as search around that shed, and they agreed. And unfortunately, the dogs didn't hit on anything further, nor was anything of Stacy's found on that property. During one of the searches around the lake, though, some old carpeting had washed up onto the lake shoreline, and this had everyone's attention because, as I stated earlier, there seemed to have been carpeting that had been removed at some point in time from inside of Tony Brand's home, and despite investigators not believing that the carpeting situation was connected, Stacy's family thought it could have been. So the fact that this carpeting was washed up from the lake not far from Tony and Stacy's home had everyone very hopeful that this could have been a clue that would lead them to some answers. Investigators were called out to inspect the carpet and they determined that it was not a match for the carpet from Tony's home. Also, while searching the lake with sonar equipment, searchers spotted something that looked like it could have been a body at the bottom of the lake. Two days later, divers came out and determined that it was just debris at the bottom of the lake and not human remains. For Stacy's family, this was one letdown after another. They just wanted answers. As the months would go by and no sign of Stacy, investigators did everything that they could to try and figure out what happened. They extensively looked into the possibility that Stacy did just run off. And they even worked with the Shasta County Sheriff's Department to see if they could find a link between Stacy's case and the Sherry Papini case, which of course they couldn't. And we now obviously know that this was just completely wasted time because Sherry faked it all. Months after Stacy vanished, her family would get an unexpected visit from someone who was apparently a friend of Tony Brand. This woman came to them and told them that Tony had told her that he had put Stacy somewhere. 
Though not much information could be disclosed on what exactly she said, investigator Joshua Ford did state that this woman had been interviewed several times and that the information that she had provided them is something that they are taking very seriously and could potentially be an important piece of circumstantial evidence in the future. Again, however, not much information could be revealed about this. Since the news broke last week about Sherry Papini's arrest, KRCR-TV was able to get in touch with Stacy's family. Though they did not go on camera to speak because this news was just too difficult for Nicole and her sisters, she did give them a statement that said, quote, It makes my stomach turn thinking about all the resources that were used to help find Sherry when she didn't really need it, end quote. She also said that finding out that Sherry lied reopens the heartbreak like a fresh wound. Nicole continues on to state, quote, It has been very emotional. My mom has been missing for five years. We have not by any means healed, and it is something we struggle with daily. Seeing the news about Sherry's faked kidnapping reopens the trauma and heartbreak like a fresh wound, end quote. In the article, she also recalls when her mother was first reported missing, which again was the same day Sherry Papini faked her abduction. At that time, Trinity County Sheriff's Office didn't have their own search and rescue team, so her family reached out to many organizations for help, only to be turned away because they were too busy searching for Sherry. Stacy Smart was 52 years old when she went missing sometime after October 15th in 2016. At the time of her disappearance, she had platinum blonde hair that was cut in a pixie style, and she likes to wear hats. Stacy has a tattoo of a red lotus bloom on her lower back. There is also a $10,000 reward being offered for information leading to Stacy's whereabouts. If you have information, you can call the Trinity County Sheriff's Department at 530-623-3740. If you wish to stay anonymous, you can call the NorCal Alliance for the Missing at 530-378-4491. Crimeaholics, if you're not already a part of our private Facebook group, be sure you join by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. In there, we share all pictures and information pertaining to the cases that we cover. You can also follow us on both Instagram and on TikTok at crimeaholics.podcast. If you wish to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at crimeaholly. Crimeaholics, that is all for this week's Missing Monday. Until next time, be aware and take care. Bye.